Hi everyone, I'm Deputy Editor Lorraine Lawson and welcome to The Buzz from Bank Automation News where we explore how automation and emerging technology are transforming the banking industry. It is February 18th, 2022 and this is our weekly wrap of what's happening. First, I'd like to say thank you to our sponsor Glia for your support. This week I'm pleased to be joined by Associate Editor Elijah Poindexter. Uh, the news this week from BAN, FIS acquired Atlanta-based Spintech Payrex in embedded an embedded finance play and reported a record year in terms of earnings with year-over-year uh, -year revenue rising by more than $350 million. Now, the Atlantic-based Pyrex was founded in 2015, Elijah, and it enables SaaS-based platforms to embed payments and financial technology into their offerings. So this is very much a play to provide more services and modernize FIS's offering. Um, and the newly appointed president said as much, noting that Pyrex will modernize our client ex experience through their next generation product suite and enable us to deliver differentiated embedded finance and payments experience for platforms that primarily serve SMBs. Also at FIES, banking solutions revenue grew 8% in 2021 in what was a year record year with overall revenue in fourth quarter growing 11% to 3.7 billion dollars. That's up 350 million year over year. And banking solutions specifically grew from 6 billion in 2020 to 6.4 billion in 2021 at that core provider. Banking solutions revenue again rose 8% year over year in the fourth quarter to 1.7 billion according to the earnings call. Now you covered the Swiss core provider Temenos's earnings call. And uh, continue with that theme of service-based cores, Timonos reported SaaS-related revenue shot up 32% year-over-year to $35 million. Elijah, what else did you learn in that earnings call? Yeah, so obviously their SaaS-related revenue, I mean, that's a pretty big year-over-year -year increase, and it's reflected in their overall revenues. They increased 8% year-over-year uh, to $153 million. Uh, and, you know, on top of that, uh, there were a lot of client wins this quarter. Uh, they counted 19 for the quarter for Q4, and then there were 63 in total for 2021. So there's been a lot of growth uh, for Temenos, which obviously is based out of Switzerland and, and is a really, 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 really big deal in Europe. And is a super big deal in America, too, but specifically in the U.S., they're trying to make some deep inroads there. And they've been relatively successful thus far. Uh, CEO Max Chouard, I hope I'm pronouncing that correctly. Uh, he spoke specifically to U.S. partnerships as being key for the growth that Temino saw. Uh, you know, the core provider, um, they announced partnerships with Salesforce and Commerce Bank, and then they also announced a, a partnership with Green Dot in the previous quarter. So they're making some very deep inroads there, uh, and it's exciting to see what happens next. But overall, uh, this earnings call for Temino's reflected financial uh, and geographic uh, expansion for their, uh, for their services. And Elijah, again, you also spoke with Jack Henry CEO David Foss, who recently announced that the brand would be unbundling some of its core functions to take a more service-based approach. He spoke to you about that strategy. What did you learn? Yeah, so the first thing I'll say about the strategy that you know Mr. Foss was quick to point out uh, was that it was it, this is a response to a groundswell of demand for open and embedded finance and uh, banking solutions. Uh, you know, the digital revolution we've seen over the past few years. You know, while we can talk about what may or may not have caused it or fostered it, there's no doubt that fintechs and challenger institutions across the board have played a massive part, and it's created a massive disruption or disintermediation, whichever you want to call it. And you know, consumers who have been you know exposed 
to these solutions from these sort of fintechs over the past couple of years. Well, now they're expecting these, you know, similar innovations from their community bank, from the place they go to every day, every other day, the place that they do their mobile banking with, the place that they have their mortgage, you know, serviced by. They're looking for these innovations there. And so this new strategy is going to help, in Mr. Foss's words, disrupt the disruption. Uh, it, it's going to enable these local and regional community banks, you know, who may not be able, uh, due to just the kind of part that they play in the environment, uh, to be first movers in a truly, you know, cloud native API enabled innovation market. It'll, it, you know, it's going to help them access these innovations and then provide them to their customers. And then on the tech side of that, so they're unbundling their processes. This is effect effectively uh, for Jack Henry, it's going to migrate traditional core software with all of its inherent functions from, you know, ACH and wire transfers uh, to anti-fraud and account origination and help to create a component-based ecosystem that can run on a public cloud. So again, this is going to give local and regional community banks and, and credit unions and financial institutions a roadmap for moving from existing core processes and infrastructures uh, to a truly cloud-native architecture with, you know, these open banking capabilities and fintech integrations that consumers and frankly other banks uh, have been waiting for. One of my questions is, is it really going to be possible for cores to adapt services without a complete overhaul? Um, I had had a conversation with Mark Atherton, the group vice president at Oracle Financial Services. I think I've mentioned this before, but he told us uh, that building an application optimized for software as a service means running or deploying microservices. Now, of course, Mark Oracle might say that because they, in fact, when they acquired Flexicube, rebuilt it from the ground up using microservices. That's basically a way to build applications and architecture, if you will. Um, he says many, many other providers are simply deploying on the cloud or service enabling their acts, which is different, he says, than building these microservices uh, from the ground up. So it'll be interesting to see how that plays out if, if, uh, if the experience is the same for something that's enabled versus something that's cloud native. Shifting away from services this week, um, we also saw some consolidation in the automation space as workflow automation vendor and RPA vendor Nentex acquired RPA vendor Chiron. <laughs> Sorry, I stuttered a little bit there. Uh, financial details of the agreement were not disclosed, but Nentex CEO Eric Johnson told Bank Automation News that Chiron RPA will become Nintech's next generation RPA capability, which means Cryrun customers will not need to migrate. That's often a concern when you have these kind of deals. Uh, he did say that that they are a huge player in the automate or pioneer in the automated process discovery technology space, and that uh, that will help to uh, expand Nintech's capabilities in that area. And they'll be integrating that into the Nintex process platform. And this continues last year's trend of RPA vendors acquiring process mining or process discovery technology. But it also leads me to wonder, will we see more consolidation in the RPA space this year? Finally, I'd like to introduce to you to a new feature, our weekly transaction column, which covers what solution banks and credit unions are selecting for their technology needs? For instance, this week we reported that First International BNTC with 30 branches based in Waterford City, North Dakota, adopted Pfizer Mobility. And the $3.1 million Apple FCU Fairfax, Virginia, with 20 branches, uh, adopted Connect FSS Emerge. 
We also had news that Great Southern Bank, TFCU of Texas, and Bucky Community FCU chose Pfizer for their core and digital banking needs, while Independent Financial selects Jack Hen- selected Jack Henry to automate commercial lending. Uh, for a weekly look at these and other transactions in transactions in the industry, check out our transaction column each week. Elijah, what are you digging into for next week? Yeah, so early next week, uh, hopefully I'll be able to run a story on a brand new earned wage access solution, EWA from US Bank. Uh, what this does is it's going to give employees real-time access to earned, uh, but you know, unpaid wages through a US Bank service card. Uh, but I'm really looking forward to giving it some coverage. So hopefully uh, everybody will be able to uh, read that next week. So that is it for us today. Uh, thank you so much for joining us for the weekly wrap on the buzz. Don't forget to attend our Bank Automation Summit, which is March 1st through 2nd in Charlotte, North Carolina. You can learn more about the Bank Automation Summit at bankautomationsummit.com. For more podcast content, check out Bank Automation News and search the buzz from Bank Automation News on iTunes and Spotify. 